Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Uh, well, how are you doing this weekend? Good. Uh, I want to welcome those of you watching in Bothell, uh, Duval, and Issaquah as well. And this really is uh, an important weekend where we honor uh, those who have given uh, their lives for our country, but also uh, really want to honor all of those who have, uh, who have or now are serving in the military as well. Can we give them a hand? Well, today we're going to look at our, uh, one of the, probably the most quoted uh, verses in the Bible by people who have never really looked at the Bible. Uh, it's one that we know, whether you're a Christ follower or you say, you know, I'm really not there yet. It's about this whole idea about judging. And what we're looking at is how do you make judgments without being a jerk? We all make judgments, Right. When it, uh, any of you admit that you make judgments from time to time? Uh, of course you do. Uh, you go into the gym, right? You're making judgments. You see, I see someone in perfect shape. I'm like, ah, unemployed, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm going to just go hang out in the locker room where all the old men walk around naked, which is weird. Don't do that. Uh, don't hang out there for an hour or so. It creeps me out a little bit. Uh, or when you're driving, uh, we make judgments, don't we? Uh, we make all sorts of judgments. Now, many of you know that uh, I was, I've had a run-in with the law in the last 18 months, that I have been part, I've been caught up in the legal system of King County. I was pulled over for speeding. Yeah, because I was speeding. And <laughs> then I was on ticket probation for a year, which means I pay $150. It went off my record. So now I am a free man. I am. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm still a little cautious. Now, now in my neighborhood, uh, it's, I live on a long, straight street. I mean, it's this long stretch. You can just see it clearly. It should be a road where you can go at least, you know, 35 miles per hour, probably 45 you could go. Uh, there's really, it's a great road. The speed limit is 25 miles per hour. So, 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 but I'm a little, I'm a little gun shy. I'm a little gun shy. I have learned my lesson. I got out. I'm not going to be a repeat offender. So, uh, uh, I was going along driving down and I just turned the corner and there's someone right behind me. Everyone speeds on the street and there are police there and I'm going and I'm going right around the corner and I'm uh, driving. There's even a sign that tells you how fast you're going. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the edge a little bit. I'm like 26, 27 miles per hour. I get, the person's coming really close behind me and because everyone speeds and they're like, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not going to do this. And so like, I'm going 28, 
29, and then I'm just sweating. I'm afraid the cops are around the corner there somewhere. Uh, and the person is just on me the whole time, and I am getting a little bit annoyed. I am not feeling like the man of God and faith that I am right now, you know. <laughs> We're, uh, and so I, I'm looking a little annoyed, and this person is just all the way until I live at the end of the street, so it's like a long ways. And so uh, the person's all the way. I'm turning the corner, and then the person honks at me. So I look at him, and I can just see him as they're mouthing, hi, Pastor Ben. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I wave back. <laughs> you know, we all make, we can, we, we can make snap judgments, can't we? And uh, that's, that's sort of a fun one. Uh, it's fun because I didn't do anything wrong that time. <laughs> the... Uh, but when we make snap judgments and it damages relationships, it damages maybe if you're a Christ follower and you really consider, you really are concerned about being someone who represents Jesus well and, and you feel like you're not representing Jesus very well, then it's not as funny. Or maybe you've been in the situation uh, where you felt judged. And you felt judged harshly, maybe for something that you felt you shouldn't be judged for. Or maybe you knew you did something wrong or it was just a disagreement. But still there was something that it was not so much about what you believed or your behavior that you felt that the person was saying there's something wrong about you intrinsically. There's a lot at stake uh, when it comes to this. Everyone judges, by the way. If, if you're here and, and someone invited you here because there was food after the service and you say, oh, I know these Christians judge. Hey, you judge too. You look at it in the world. Absolutely. This is not limited to people of faith. But as people of faith, and I know this weekend, uh, you know, I'm assuming uh, although there's a great crowd here today, uh, I don't know. Did you guys all run out of money or something? <laughs> yeah, skip that offering. Anyway, well, uh, but, uh, but uh, we, can, we can see today that, that a lot of us are here who would say, hey, I'm a Christ follower. So here's what I, I want to look at before I get to our primary passage in the Gospel of Matthew. I want to look at something from the book of Colossians where we spent quite a bit of time going through that whole book of the Bible. Uh, but uh, this one I, I wanted to save as an intro for this week. We read in Colossians 4, 5 through 6, it says this, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Will you underline that? seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. If you believe uh, in Jesus, even if you don't, you live in a world uh, with people who, who think differently than you do. So, so what do we do? What's our, what's our approach? Uh, you know, sometimes people will, we don't want to communicate with words, and of course the Christian merchandising industry has come along, and, and this is one way that people can do it. Uh, you know, here, here's one for you. Uh, don't, yeah, a hat, don't croak without Jesus. 
You know, uh, here's another one, uh, a button, warning, don't be caught dead without Jesus. And uh, this one, I, 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 eternity, smoking or non-smoking. Uh, yeah. And uh, faith book, Jesus wants you put, uh, to put you in his book, do you accept? And then if, and this final one here, uh, yeah, is uh, without the bread of life, you're toast. Now, I am suggesting to never do those things, and uh, some of you are going to have to throw away some clothes after this service, uh, because I, I, our point, our, our goal as a church, and I believe every Christian should have this goal, is our goal as a church, by the way, is not to make a point. Our goal is to make a difference. And oftentimes, when you're making your point, you keep yourself from making a difference. So then what do I do as I come across a scripture that, that, that tells me how to live and also talks about this whole judging thing as well? Well, consider your options. Here, here are our options, is that you can have no opinion or belief. You can be a person uh, without uh, beliefs or opinions. Uh, if you meet a person without opinions, well, one, marry him. No, just kidding. The, uh, you've met someone who's not alive. We all have opinions and beliefs. So, uh, or you can say, hey, it, it, if it's okay for you, it's okay. And that's called relativism. And in that, uh, you'd say, by the way, most people, the nicest people I know, often uh, really believe that. And it's because you're a nice person. It's not because you're a bad person you believe that. But here's going to be the problem, is that your beliefs and someone else's beliefs and behavior are eventually going to come into conflict. And so uh, that really doesn't work well in the long run. Or then there's, I'll try and make you behave. Uh, now, that's great if you're raising, you know, a bunch of little sinners. We call them children. And, uh, uh, but I've learned that uh, I can't make people do much of anything. I have people say, you should make the people in your church do this. Like, you know, it's, I can guide, I can lead, I can instruct, I can encourage. But we all have a responsibility before God and for our behavior. And so what I am suggesting is, of course, none of the three, and I'm saying that we should operate biblically. This is where I, I recognize that there's objective truth and yet a subjective realities as well, and we live in a world where other people will view both the objective and the subjective differently. So how do we move forward with this, especially when it's, let's say, a moral issue? Well, we're going to look primarily in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus addresses this, but I, I want you to hold on, because oftentimes this passage is taken a little bit out of context as we look at Matthew 7. It says this, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 2, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and the measure you used, it will be measured to you. So this is 100% true. Uh, and so we have to grapple with this. It says, don't judge or you judge. The, the same measure will be used for you. 
Now, now this is a little confusing because Jesus, especially as he was dealing with religious leaders, he, he made a lot of judgments. In fact, more so than most people. So what is he saying here? Is he saying never to have an opinion or a belief or a conviction? I think something else is going on. And by the way, this is a good principle. If you're someone who's reading the Bible, or let's say you're a student of Scripture, uh, whenever you come to a passage like this, what you'll want to do is you'll want to uh, look at it in a few different ways. Number one, you're going to want to uh, understand it in its context, uh, a passage that seems to be a little harder to understand. Also, you can use Scripture to interpret Scripture. You look at other scripture and say, how does this align with the scripture I'm reading? And of course, we always want to look at it with an application in mind. We're not, the Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Because see, if you were going to take it just at its face value, and without using these other tools to interpret scripture, then you might think that someone has no right to uh, judge someone else uh, in any circumstance. But we know that in our society, people are judged uh, for crimes that they commit. It's just like I was talking about driving. Uh, if, you're, if you're speeding along and a police officer pulls you over, you, know, you can't leave this service and say, hey, I just heard the Bible, and the Bible says you have no right to judge me. <laughs> so see how that works out for you. <laughs> Now we, now, we depend on some objective truth, but there's the approach, there's the reality, and then there's how we navigate this together. And so that's what I, I, I want to look at. I mean, you look at the different areas of life when it comes to issues of morality, uh, obviously in politics, everything else, where there's such incredible discord and sometimes even a lack of civility when it comes to disagreeing with one another. Uh, if, you're, if you're a newlywed, let me tell you something. The goal is not to get the other person to conform to what you want them to do. It's to learn to live with differences, but elevate the relationship above the differences. So, so what, do we, what is clear about judging from the Bible? Uh, number one is never hold non-Christians to Christian standards. Uh, that if you're a Christ follower, uh, I, I know there can be, hey, I believe this, the Bible says it. And uh, that, that's true, you want to live by that. But if someone doesn't yet share your faith, then we probably, that would be an unreasonable expectation to share certain standards. And by the way, if you're new around here, you can belong even before you believe or before you behave uh, a certain way. Uh, that's really central to the Christian message. It says this in 1 Corinthians 5.12, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, says, "'What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church?' Are you not to judge those inside? Now, again, some of you are saying, oh, that's good. I love to judge people. I'll just judge people here today. It's, uh, it's talking about uh, something a little bit different. It is talking about discerning, and there are certain judgments that really uh, can be helpful. Uh, you know, I think sometimes what we do is we judge 
other people uh, outside of maybe our faith community. One, because we don't understand them. Sometimes, I think it's because we're jealous. And we're like, and I, some of you are, oh, I can't believe, I'm not jealous at all. I would never, you know, I don't like anything about sin. Sin can be fun. In fact, it, it, if, if it's not fun, you're not sinning right, you know? Uh, you, it doesn't end up okay for you. And, but what we'll do is we, we sort of hold this, this standard that really uh, we probably shouldn't hold. Number two is get the whole story. Get the whole story. It says this in John 7, 24. It says, stop judging by mere appearances. Instead, judge correctly. Isn't it, isn't it a bummer to be judged when someone doesn't know you? Uh, we will uh, have this, I mean, this happens all the time. This has happened to you. Believe it or not, this has even happened to me from time to time. Uh, I, I remember uh, one time I was uh, preaching uh, here, and this is a number of years ago, and someone came up uh, after a, a service, and this, this person said, you don't really preach the truth of the gospel. And uh, I just was really kind, and I always said, I said, hey, are you always this rude to people you met for the first time? <laughs> and <laughs> she, seriously, I said it, and she She's like, what did you say? I said, I'd be glad to repeat this for you. <laughs> and uh, I, I was really sort of hurt by that statement. One, because I always, more than anything else, if you, more than anything else, I want you to know Jesus and that the only way to life is through him. And, uh, you know, she just kept on her, Mary Way and was telling me everything that was wrong. So I said, hey, I know a bunch of churches. You might want to check it out. And I gave her the name of some churches where I don't like the pastors very much. And the, uh, <laughs> so, but but we, we don't like, I didn't really do that. <laughs> but we don't, we don't like it. And by the way, if you're doing it, and we all do this from time to time, stop doing it. Get the whole story. God has not assigned you to really speak into anyone's life until you get the full story of what's going on. Because there, there, there's something that we're, we're called to do, and that's number three, is fix yourself first. We tend to minimize our own stuff and magnify the failing of others. We tend to accuse others and excuse ourselves. It says this uh, in this next passage, uh, 7, 3 through 4. It says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? By, by the way, uh, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your, your own eye. This is, by the way, hyperbole, Jewish humor, exaggeration. Uh, still today, you know, the idea is someone walking around with this huge plank in their eye, and here they are, they're pointing out everyone else's faults. 
And that leads to number four, make judgments in humility and with discernment. So there is a place for me to speak into someone else's life. There is right and wrong. There's gray areas too, by the way. And I know some of us, we love gray and we don't like right and wrong. Some of us love the right and wrong and we don't like the areas that are really gray and the Bible doesn't speak to. The point is that the grace that God has given us, that that's supposed to inform everything about us and how we treat other people as well. Let me ask you a question. I want to meddle a little bit. Is there someone who you tend to judge a little bit harshly? Maybe you haven't heard the, their full story. Honestly, maybe you don't care. There's some, maybe with some way they've hurt them or maybe some hurt from your past and you just feel like you got to take it out on someone else. God does not require perfection from you to receive his grace. And he doesn't require it from others. And so whenever you do that, you can be know you're not rep, that you'd be sure that you're not representing God. Got incredibly quiet in here. Matthew 7, 5. It says this. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now here's what I want you to get here. And this, because a lot of us are like, don't judge. And we like that. I sort of like that. But notice, it's saying that you got to get your own act together so that you can help someone else out. Because one of the most loving things that has ever happened to me is sometimes in my life, I told you about someone who was really inappropriate and rude, and, but there have been people who have not been inappropriate or rude who've said to me at points, hey, Ben, I, 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 what you're doing, I, I, don't, I just, I just want to help you out. I think that could maybe not be such a, a good thing. I know someone, uh, one time I, I said something, and sort of the problem about being a speaker is like you say lots of words, and every once in a while, they come out, and I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Come back, come back. <laughs> and uh, I don't get them back. And uh, someone, someone once I'd said something that probably wasn't the best thing to say. And, and just the way the person approached me was, uh, hey, you know what? I could be wrong. Uh, I really like you. I just am wondering if that was the right way to say something. And with that approach, I was all ears. Had the person come to me and said, well, you're not a very good preacher anyway, and you're wrong most of the time, so now I have something to say to you. And then I'd say, first, let me hit you first. You know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I'd just hit him. So... Uh, <laughs> Maybe someone approached you and they were a jerk. 
And, and let's face it, confrontation, it, it usually never goes super well. But what was being said, even though they were wrong and sinned in saying it, was true. And, and, and see, if we, if we don't position ourselves in a way to interact with people where we're open to maybe changing our ways, then we are destined to repeat our mistakes for the rest of our lives. And so is there someone who loves you who's been trying to say something to you and you've been resisting it and it actually is from God? Maybe, maybe you're on that end of the equation. See, the number five is the, the goal of this is always help people who have fallen to be restored. So when we're, and, and this is talking specifically in the passage we'll read uh, in, a, in a moment about someone who is a follower of Christ with you. But no matter what, if you're a Christ follower, Jesus has put you on a mission. And that's your to be ambassadors of this thing called reconciliation. Where even though we may not ever agree to try to, to, try to bring ourselves and, and others as close as possible to Jesus. Galatians 6.1, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. I remember uh, when my wife and I were pastoring church. It's not here, so don't try to figure out who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, we were new to a church, and at one of the uh, Bible studies uh, at, at the church, we'd been there, I think, like a, a few weeks, that uh, there was uh, someone who backed out and hit someone else's car. That kind of thing happens. Uh, but the person was had had a drink or six at the time, and uh, we, we had gotten to know the person, and over a period of time, it became very evident that they were battling sort of, they were battling alcoholism, but had, had been so fearful that anyone was going to find out. And this person who was uh, a friend just decided the best thing they could do would be to go away because they were so ashamed and so embarrassed. So my wife and I uh, were talking to their spouse, and, and we went over to the house, and we sat outside that person's bedroom door whose the door was locked, and they were so ashamed that they didn't ever want to see anyone from church again, anyone from the community again. And you, what we didn't do is say, hey, and by the way, do you really know how wrong you were? They knew it already. They just wanted to know if there was a way back. And maybe for you, that's what you're wondering. There is. It's through Jesus Christ. 
that no matter how much you've strayed from God's path, whether there's things you've done morally that are reprehensible to yourself, that there's a way back and it's through Jesus. In a moment, we're going to celebrate communion together. And in that, we're recognizing that there's nothing too broken to be made whole through Jesus Christ. But we're told in James 5, 19 through 20, our part of the assignment. My brothers and sisters, if someone should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. James is saying, in in this case, it's about believing the wrong thing. It could be about behaving the wrong way. That there's a part that we have to play. And the part that we have to play is saying, yes, there's truth, and God's truth is the best way to live. But remember how we talked about when we learn Scripture, we learn in context, we interpret it by other Scriptures, but it's also for action. And the action is this, that we would be agents of God's grace, that we can be free. Maybe for you, that's exactly where God's brought you today. And and you say, you know, the freedom that I need most of all is not the freedom to even have this conversation that I've been afraid to have with other people, but to experience God's grace for myself. And so before we have uh, or we celebrate communion together, will you pray with me?